0: Welcome to Educause Exchange, where we focus on a single question from the higher ed IT community and hear advice, anecdotes, best practices, and more. In the context of sweeping social, economic, technological, and demographic changes, digital transformation is a series of deep and coordinated culture, workforce, and technology shifts that enable new educational and operating models and transform an institution's operations, strategic directions, and value proposition. In this episode, we'll talk with five different institutions and ask how their projects and strategies are supporting digital transformation. Michelle Hardwick is the director of data science and analytics at Salt Lake Community College. She leads a team called Data Science Analytics, which was formerly called Institutional Research. And that name change gives a clue to the culture shift that's taking place in her department.
1: So that was even just the first step, was getting my team to see themselves as uh, closer aligned with other industries, more innovative in what we're doing. And we really support our entire college through all of the data efforts, being a trusted source for data, being the data storytellers but helping explain what we're seeing within the data through having data engineers that are helping transform data. We have data analysts and we have statistical and qualitative researchers on my team. And then we're getting into machine learning-based analytics. So embedding machine learning into not just saying like, here's what happened, but here's what could happen uh, or here's how we could prescribe something to happen based on data.
0: Her team's strategy over the last three years has been focused mainly around student analytics. They wanted to improve the use of data to support students' success as a priority for the college. Here's where you see two important aspects of DX, an alignment with the institution's strategic goals and a shift in culture towards that end.
1: There were some people that loved data, others that had hesitancies around it. And, uh, you know, I think some of that is because... They just haven't used data enough that they're uneasy about it. So we have to ease them along and realize like everyone's at a different place in their journey. How do we help them get to a, a better point? You know, we can't expect them to like write machine learning algorithms, but how do we help them learn to
0: embrace data? To address this, Hardwick and her team implemented a data governance council focused on identifying policies, practices, and roles to ensure accurate, consistent trusted and secure data across the college. They formed an analytics steering committee who meet monthly to discuss data strategies and oversee the release of new data products.
1: We also have a data and insights user group. So this is a group that's open to anyone. They meet monthly over the lunch hour to discuss data related topics. So sometimes they're reviewing key points of a book. Uh, Maybe they're talking about a data product or just giving tips of here's how to do this in Excel. Um, Then we've been attending more staff meetings for different departments to help them understand data products, helping them get insights from what they're seeing and really individualizing that data. Um, We've also put more of an emphasis on just helping people understand in general how to read and interpret data. So when you see this kind of chart, here's how you would read it. Uh, Or here's what I look at or look for when I'm looking at this kind of data. Or here's questions to ask when interpreting this dashboard. So knowing that everyone learns in different ways, we provide this in multiple methods. So it could be a box that pops up on the screen when you first log into a dashboard. It might be uh, some help documents. We might have videos embedded in there for those that need the video face-to-face type of stuff. Um, We also, in our written research, will walk the reader through the data and how we got to the conclusions we did so that we build that trust and help them see, here's where we started, here's where we got. Um, And then with that, we provide weekly office hours. So similar to how faculty offer office hours for helping a student understand what they're teaching, we're trying to teach data literacy.
0: These efforts to shift the culture of data at her college support the mission of student success, as well as a more data literate institution.
1: There's so many questions being asked to data. It's like once you give someone some data and answer one question, then they're going to have five more. And you need to help empower them to have the tools so that they can answer that. And you can continue to you know feed that appetite that they have for data. Mm-hmm.
0: Another DX project that's serving students in several ways is happening at Valdosta State University and their effort to improve the student and employee experience through a new call center strategy. Valdosta State transformed their IT help desk, which was a call center answering only technical needs, to a solution center that provides support for admissions, housing, registration, and the university welcome center. Benjamin Lee is deputy chief officer of technical support services at Valdosta State University?
2: I think the reasons that we were looking at expanding to that initially were the fact that our solution center could provide longer operation hours than the normal university, 8 to 5.30, and then 8 to 3 on Fridays. So we include nights and weekends as well. In addition to that, because we're so heavily staffed with students, this is providing two particular advantages. The first is that students who are working in our call center have been through the processes themselves. They're not like an FTE who's been hired, who may not have gone through the admission process personally, may not have gone through the housing process personally. So that gives a level of empathy as well as a level of being able to understand the challenges that are in each of those systems and what they personally did to be able to overcome this.
0: The transformation of the call center also made services a great deal more accessible and streamlined.
2: One of the things that was happening before we founded our solution center was that when someone called admissions, they would have to pull up 16 pages of our student information system to be able to tell them if they had made it into the university to check different things like SAT, ACT scores, GPAs, immunizations, etc., But to consolidate that into a single page that a representative at our solution center could look through and it's color-coded to say, hey, green means we've got it, red means we don't, has reduced the call time from roughly 10 minutes per call to check the application status to under a minute. In terms of streamlining, it's not only our tools that we use at the Solution Center, but taking that feedback back to the admissions team, back to the IT team, so we can continue to streamline the tools that we offer the students themselves. In fact, because our applications team was able to fast track that admission process, we were able to buffer our call center support as needed. While there are some institutions that have been struggling with enrollment over the last year and a half, Fall 2020 was actually the largest class in the history of our institution. In fact, exceeding our targets for the semester by just over 75%.
0: As Benjamin reflects on how this project has made ripples in the call center, and the experiences of students and employees, and through so many departments and processes at Valdosta, he says they're committed to continue the shift.
2: There has to be the shift in culture, workforce, and technology, which definitely I think the challenge is of the last year and a half have really pushed a lot of organizations to do so. But I think the idea of taking those particular pieces to be able to continue to enhance the growth and evolution of your institution or organization is really what makes it a digital transformation is that you've institutionalized the lessons learned, the strategies, the tools that have worked. I think a lot of people... um, have talked about, to me, uh, the idea of going back to the way things were once normalcy sets in again. But I think the more challenging and rewarding approach would be looking at how to incorporate these pieces, these capabilities that we've gained into our long-term strategies.
0: Speaking of long-term strategies, customer-centric practices are critical to innovation and remaining relevant and competitive in a world of dizzying change. What are the core capabilities required for digital transformation? And what are the targets in digital transformation efforts?
3: When I looked around and I talked to other CIOs, not only in higher ed, but outside of higher ed, it looked like digital transformation strategies start with the simplest targets, which are how to optimize what you're doing today. So things like automation, making things more efficient and more effective. Ed Clark
0: is CIO and Chief Digital Officer at the University of St. Thomas, and they're taking a three-phase approach to digital transformation. It starts with digital operations, streamlining processes with the help of data and analytics to reduce cost and improve effectiveness. And then the second phase is the digital customer, which seeks to create a deeper relationship with students and improve their experience.
3: The second horizon, so to speak, is a little bit more complicated, and that's where you get customer experience feedback. So uh, given the experiences of students during the pandemic, we actually invited students to participate in our customer experience councils and tell us what were the big hurdles that you faced? And we had faculty in the room, administrators in the room. This is why it's culturally a bit harder because in many places and in many cases, students might say, look, I was really unhappy with the way this faculty member taught this course. And the faculty would say, listen, I teach that class. You can't tell me how to teach that kind of thing. It's culturally harder to, to hear and deal with, but it's helpful to put all of those players in a room to kind of hear it and converse about it. That's part of the magic that we have in our customer experience council approach. And we we heard some things that students said that are, were really easy to act on, right? Like, let's can we put a syllabus in the same place, right? And in, in the LMS, those kinds of things. And some things that were like, you know what, students preferred having an opportunity to. To collaborate with their classmates, because especially in online space, they don't know anybody. They can't see them very much. And so it didn't feel like they were part of a class. So the asking professors, is there a way you can have us do more group activity so we feel like we're part of this community? Um, It was helpful for uh, faculty members to hear that because I think some faculty members said, you know what, I'm willing to do that right? I'm willing to do that. That sounds like it makes sense, but at least they heard about it, right? And that's what we're trying to do is advertise and broadcast. This is what students are saying right now. And so that's kind of customer experience-led transformation.
0: Some of the other things they're implementing to address student concerns include curbside pickup, contactless PC repair, and virtual help services. And they continue to listen and seek solutions to address the student experience. So digital operations and the digital customer lead to the third, more ambitious horizon of what they call digital products, creating new services and new business growth to align with institutional strategies.
3: The far end of the scale, given customer experience, given efficiency and effectiveness, are there populations that we haven't been serving at all and can we reach out to them? And so on that end, we are talking about new initiatives where we can reach out to people that never completed their degree here? Can we give them different ways to access, different ways to finish um, what they started? New opportunities and new growth at the university. We have learned so much from these activities that we're doing with students and with our faculty that, you know, people are dreaming about different things. For example, in our College of Education, uh, they're talking about, can we get to micro-credentials, these stackable credentials, Um, that might be on ramps for students to getting into degree programs, or even like be things that you could use in teacher licensure. You know, you took this thing and you took this thing, and by the state of Minnesota standards, that would get you towards this goal that you need. We are investing a lot of time in badging and creating everything from skills badging to academic badging on campus. And those are kind of like the new kinds of projects we're thinking about, the new opportunities.
0: Three phases that become increasingly more difficult culturally as you move along the continuum. These goals have been a productive progression for the University of St. Thomas. A similar type of strategy is taking place at California State University, Fresno, where in 2019, the university established DXI Hub a collaborative partnership which offers several things. It offers project-based learning opportunities and software engineering, undergraduate courses, and internship opportunities. DXI Hub strives to inspire students to apply their education toward developing solutions to real-world problems using the best and latest technologies. Max Tsai heads up these efforts. He was recently given a new mouthful of a title as Digital Transformation and Innovation Officer and coordinator of technology experiences and internships. He wanted infrastructure, technology, and service to help students. And like most digital transformation initiatives, it includes a component of culture shift and a different way of thinking about innovation.
4: Initially, we are a team of two staff uh, established by the CIO back to 2018. And so we kind of like, you no. Know, then I proposed to the CIO, why don't we build a small team with Student innovators, and they are more serving as the ambassadors to digital transformation, and I found out that actually gives us a very good advantage. Most time, the campus they don't really invest in IT for innovation, but one student involved, and I think the community they are more engaged. Wow, that's what students want, and this is like a two ways, right? Revenue. We are not just build something good to use. We are also helping students to grow their skill set for the future career success.
0: Initially, Max started with two computer science developers, and one of the strategies they implemented to attract innovation is an event called Project Ignite. The project, which hosts an annual innovation hackathon and lean startup program, was created in partnership with the university's entrepreneurship program to promote interdisciplinary student involvement, Creativity and exploration of new technologies and business model development skills.
4: It's really an innovation event. We go through the process of helping them understand the design thinking. And we also like, you know, helping them understand what technology is available. And at the end, they provide their idea of building up a solution they need. And just through this process, I start to build up this, this internship days, right? It's like for this semester, I have 15 interns so far. And the only restriction is space.
0: And these interns work with Max on exciting projects that address, you guessed it, the needs of students, the experience of students, and the institutional goals of California State. It's not just listening to the students, but having them involved in the innovation itself.
4: I got four people from Graphic Design. That's College of Art and Humanities. Again, Graphic 3D. And we are creating smart avatar, which can engage students with their psychological, emotional burdens right now. That's another cool project we are working on. Because students hesitating to talk to a person right, during this pandemic time. And we figure like, uh, if it's an avatar, right, it's more like a serial Alexa. Students tend to be more open up to that conversation. And we have two engineer students. They working on the IoT stuff. And because the technology has to be doable out there, so we need to be engineered the way people can use it.
0: Other projects at DXI Hub include the development of extended reality to offer first-time students the immersive campus experience when they cannot physically attend. They've also been developing a virtual reality modeled after the Fresno State Student Union offering social movie-going experience, bowling, and carnival game rooms and many selected projects will be continuously developed for campus-wide adoption. Students are also participating in research opportunities at DXi Hub to develop solutions dealing with virtual instruction challenges. The breadth of projects and interdisciplinary collaborations are the key to this digital
4: transformation. So I I think that's always what I try to feel is like, digital transformation is really about the people. It's how we're gonna produce for the people and technology, we need to continue advancing. And we need people who are taking this as the output to enjoy and to be benefit and to accomplish what they intend to do for the long run, which are the students.
5: So it actually starts back about 18 months ago, pre-pandemic, pre-everything. We really came to a realization as a a group that we needed to reimagine technology and how we did our entire system. And through that process, what we had to reimagine was, how do we scale? That was our major discussion.
0: Ryan Spittle is vice president for ONU Global Outreach for Olivet Nazarene University. In the process of modernizing their approach to technology and scalability, they realized they could use these efforts to do some new, innovative things. Through
5: that process, we started designing and looking at our deliverables to our student base. And in that process, redesigned and reimagined a learning management concept of how to uh, deliver uh, education in a different matter. We sat down and we started out with the, 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 the question of, we really focused on the some college, no degree market. So we started looking at, okay, how can we help and let's identify different audiences that need need our help. So some college no degree, there are 36 million people right now in the country that have some college no degree. What that means to us is 36 million people that at some time got excited to do something that they maybe missed that normal window of a college experience. And they finally got the courage and the time to do that. And then they quit for one reason or another. And it's not usually because of aptitude, it's usually life balance. So they get stuck with parents getting sick, there's uh, you know families are getting started work. And so we really started out with that question of how do we serve that audience better? And the things we revolved around is how do we bend the cost curve? Because a majority of these students are coming with debt from a variety. Some of them are still paying on schools that they quit years ago, which is like paying for a car that you gave away, uh, still paying on it. We wanted to talk about accessibility. Uh, we're talking, uh, of course, affordability with all of that. And really, uh, it really revolved around how do we get them to feel like they're winning again and get back on the on-ramp to finish the degree they started? Because that's the ultimate goal is to to get them on that. So that was the genesis of that. And we began the process of building the Your Way program, which is a tuition-free general education. And of course, that's another risk in higher ed. Those that are involved and understand just the, the complexity of higher ed, sometimes general education can be that sacred cow that everybody's worried about touching. Um, And so there was a lot of work of getting everyone on board across the institution, our faculty, our academic teams, looking at our faculty and asking them, can they reimagine how they teach and engage in a different level and using a lot of automation tools to do that. And so we kind of reimagine how you deliver online
0: learning. The tuition free Your Way program came after a great deal of effort in finding the right technologies and getting staff and faculty convinced that this was the best path forward a culture shift towards creating new opportunities for students.
5: And so our our goal with the Your Way program is, yes, they get their content. It's fully mobile adaptive. Uh, They get all the content up front of a course. Typically, it's six modules, so they can work at their pace. And they can get enrolled in that, and they can work in those processes and and work through the system at their own pace. There's a second component, which is a community. And this is the, the key piece for us, is every single individual, and this was what would separate us from a MOOC, or or any of the 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 for-profit organizations that do this is they're involved in a network of a community where they're feeling uh connection and that's where actual facilitation starts with our faculty it might be at scale but our faculty members are having a robust discussion every day and giving relevant information and timely information it's not about did you look at the powerpoint from this book summary it's really about here's what happened yesterday in the news that's relevant to what we're talking about And and to see the threads of conversations and people connecting Uh, and and having that experience that they're having online to connect to community. And then the third piece for us is there's mastery assessments. Uh, They can take the content for free, they can engage in the community for free. There is a transaction in regards to a fee when they want to have that mastery assessment graded, which then it becomes an official course and then it's a transcribable course. And that's where they'll pay our transcript fee. It's a very simple process and it's not expensive and it relatively shrunk the cost curve. And that was our goal was one of the major barriers for individuals in this some college, no degree market is they don't want to take out another loan right away. And so our goal was, can we give them as relative risk-free environment to get back on that on-ramp? And then when they're feeling successful again, and they're realizing they can balance schoolwork, that's when they're starting to to pay that fee to make that course official. And we've done our best part to get them back on the on-ramp. And of course, we'd love and, and still have plans in place to have them complete their degree uh, with us. But if they choose to complete their degree with someone else, that's great too. Our ultimate goal is to get them to that finish line.
0: The key to offering such a generous program is the ability for Olivet to automate so many aspects of the introductory student experience while also making it better. So This is digital transformation in a sense that we have
5: automated so many aspects of a introductory student experience to make the experience better. And as you know, when you're dealing with legacy systems, most students, and if you're looking at them in their own lives are having an expectation of engaging in technology at a whole nother level. And most universities are not set up to do that. Most universities are still doing things 20 years behind and their systems are not mimicking the user experience that most people are coming and expecting. So what we've done through a transformation, not only in an admissions process to be able to automate as much as we can So that the student can be onboarded as efficiently and effectively as what they're used to in a transaction with Amazon or any other organization that they're doing an online uh, experience with. But also even revolutionizing some things that have not been done before. So, for example, we have automated the transcript evaluation process. In most universities, that is a laborious process, very manual, an individual looking through that. In our system now, they will type in their own transcript the system automatically tells them within an instant if they qualify and where they qualify and what courses they need. Then it gets to a quality assurance person that they double check to make sure everything is there to to admit them. But trying to make that system and that transformation process from a technology standpoint, it also then goes into how we deliver. So once they're going through content, it's completely automated. As they're getting a lot of their every, every module or unit within a course is automated from a grading perspective so they can get real-time feedback right away it's only when they start moving and progressing we still want that balance with humans and that's where the 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 robust conversations happen and when they look to turn in their mastery assessment there might be a graded per uh, faculty member that's working on that but really kind of revolutionizing from a university related standpoint of how can we transform using technology the entire experience and make that experience as seamless as possible for a student uh, from start to finish. And the technology is underlaid and behind that. Um, and that's the, the, the excitement from us is if they saw what was behind the, the scenes, I think people would be amazed at what it took to make that seamless in front at the user experience level. And that's where we're excited. If someone can take a three-step approach, be admitted, turn in their transcript, and be enrolled in a course in less than 24 hours, that's amazing to us and that's what we're seeing. And that's what, what's exciting for us.
0: If your institution is on a digital transformation pathway, please visit the Educause Digital Transformation content at dx.educause.edu. That's dx.educause.edu for a wealth of information, helpful resources, connections to others in the community, and more to help you along your digital transformation journey. I'm Jerry Bain for Educause. Thanks for listening.